Hello and welcome to the Home for Anime. I am your host, GPC, Great Podcaster Cali, and I have a special episode with a very special guest, my best of friendo, Drew. What's up, bro? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, buddy? Thanks for having me back. Oh, man, I'm doing well. I just started a new job, which uh, actually lets me watch anime more consistently than my old job did because it's like on a schedule like an actual an actual regular schedule and not twice the animes you're gonna they're gonna put a little two above your name on your driver's license (laughs) twice as strong start a second podcast yeah oh yeah yeah just I'm, I'm, i'm here for it i'm here for it you're thriving thank you Thank you. It's almost worth waking up every morning. <laughs> you know what's not worth waking up in the morning? Oh, God, please. Okay, say it. <laughs> the latest Shinkai movie, Suzume. That's a low blow. I'm sorry. That is so low. Oh, my God. That I can't so believe you just said that. For a movie that I think is a solid six, maybe a light six out of ten. Like All right, that, Anthony that's Fantano. Transition. You give the <laughs> film a watch. What did you think? Tell me your thoughts. I, I don't know the. I don't know. It's name. okay. We're not. We're not going in that direction. Um, well, I think he has it copyrighted too. So I mean that that saves you legal trouble, to be honest. Okay. So yeah, Crunchyroll sent over the latest Makoto Shinkai film Suzume, which Drew and I proceeded to watch, and uh, we did not particularly enjoy. Can, have you you've seen the reviews for it too, right? And this isn't me calling anyone out or anything. Like no, I think I've there's a lot to the, admire about the movie. I've seen the reviews, and I the best wow. thing that I can say about Suzume is it is very pretty. Yeah, that's it. I wish we saw this in theaters. Like I feel like as, as a spectacle, it's pretty nice. In yeah, the it's moments, actually but... playing because actually playing in IMAX. This yeah, weekend. it's God. That sounds great. I mean, I'm glad we. I'm not going to be able to watch it the day it comes out. That's the thing that sucks about anime releases here in the U.S. A lot of times you don't get multiple days. Anyway, I'm not going to get a chance to watch it, so I'm glad you and I had this opportunity. Yeah, same, because I won't be able to either. Yeah. But let's try to give a very rough summary of what Suzume is, because we've, we've gotten pretty good at doing that. Uh, do you want to try or should I? Yeah, sure. Suzume wants to be about grief and concern itself with national loss and tragedy but what it's more what the movie is more is a i don't know how to say this would you say like it's broken up in two halves yes very much so it's broken up in two halves the first half taken up a or it makes up a road trip movie and gosh i'm not really sure how to describe the second one i think when, when we were discussing this uh shortly after watching the film you use the term fantastical elements which i think are sprinkled out throughout the film as seen by our protagonist suzume who travels with a man named sota who is turned into a chair by basically a a totem that came to life in the form of a cute cat named daijin Mm-hmm. We have those fantastical elements kind of sprinkled in, you know, but it's more so 
of course, we have these this serious element of they're trying to close doors that can lead to natural disasters across Japan, mm-hmm. but it's definitely filled with whimsy, and I think it really tries yeah. to put an emphasis on the value of connecting with others, not yeah, so much you... the value of connections, but the value of connecting with others especially those you might have not um known otherwise without venturing out of your shell because like you mentioned it's it's pretty whimsical for the first half and i would agree Mm -hmm. um the way that suzume um god i forget the pretty boy's name sota yeah sota our our, our male lead the way that they meet is she's biking her way to school just like she does you get the you get the understanding that she does every day. It's a track to go up and it's a breeze to go down. Anyway, she sees a man walking on the side of the road that piques her interests. Um, she, you know, slight crush and everything, love at first sight. And eventually that curiosity leads to the better of her once the man asks, stops her and asks if there's any ruins nearby, which leads her to an abandoned part of their town uh, that used to run, I think, like a bathhouse, a series of bathhouses, springs. So, are you talking about across Japan or when she first meets them? When she first meets them, like the part of their town that's abandoned. I believe it was a bath house. It it was like a whole little town almost. Yeah. Like a neighborhood. So, what you get is a a focus on parts of your environment that have not only deteriorated, but have been forgotten through time, right? Or just demolished. Yeah, I mean, and this is what the ruins. film interested in. True, I guess. So. <laughs> but like a lot of the way that the the way that they end up ruined is, um, well, I guess it varies. But uh, I suppose financial loss and I think natural disasters would be the biggest two. I guess emphasis on the national or natural disaster. But that whimsical aspect does take up the first half because. Once they get through the task of closing that first door and Sota becomes a chair and they go through the road trip and he's teaching her how to be the new person who closes doors, there's there's this very, uh, dare I say, cool thing that Shinkai does with it. He just, I've. You know, I will never knock somebody for trying. I think that too many people put in too much hard work to make this film happen. Shinkai made a very interesting choice when he had Sota tell Suzume when closing the doors that what he has to do and what she has to do from now on is envision and listen to the voices of the people who once lived there or went to school in one place or went to a fairground, which I think ties in to what Shinkai was saying about how when the the earthquake happened in 2011, he he felt very guilty yeah and it's like uh almost like survivor's guilt yes it sounds like 
yeah in the so interview even though he wasn't directly affected by right it, he still felt like inclined to say something about it and from our discussion after watching the movie it seems like his two previous movies before that were also inspired by the event and that this third iteration of that same story um feels the weakest from what i understand uh, this he, is, I've only seen this Shinkai movie. Right, I've seen all three. And from what it seemed like he was saying, it this is the movie that he was making for over a decade. He was making this movie while he was making Your Name and while he was making Weathering With You, or at least that's how it sounded in the interview. So this movie was over 10 years in the making. And he is basically saying in a very on-the-nose way, if you know about the events and that that's what inspired him to make this film, never forget. And what I was saying earlier about connections, well, not so much connections, but connecting with others throughout Japan, it's, it's like he's saying that they as a people need to be there for one another while there is still time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because all of these affected areas have the potential to essentially be affected again because of this supernatural worm that comes out of these doors and can cause natural disasters. So, of course, in one way, he's saying it's all about the here and now, but also about the past and the right. present and the future. And he's not really deft with merging the two. Like he it's is. not unheard about it's not unheard to have these things happening, you know, the, the the macro level effects of a national disaster and then how that affects the micro level. And I think Suzume's character really suffers because of it. Um sadly so because I'll I'll be honest, um the second half didn't do it for me, but the first half was pretty cute. You she meets two different families I think, yeah, just two different families that she bonds with on her on her road trip um, across Japan while trying to help. Uh, God, I forget his name, Shota. Sota. Sota, while helping him, you know, try to regain his body mm-hmm. uh, as they slowly uncover more and more. And I think that's where the movie shines. That, right. That's where the themes are directly shown and. They're able to develop, you know, Suzume is in a very, she's, she's not incredibly terrified in the beginning of the movie until like problems start to arise, but they get solved pretty quickly, which isn't an issue, but you know, that I don't know. I just, I just don't feel like there's a lot of conflict um, that interests me here in terms of marrying the personal and the national effects of this love like these kinds of losses and speaking of we should mention the fact that you know suzume has lost someone pretty important to her. yes yes and that's another thing that i wanted to talk about actually yeah this you is before the prior prior before the events of the movie yeah she was she was i believe four when her mother passed and she was taken in by her aunt and i think that there was supposed to be more of an emotional 
heft to what we got when we're confronted with Suzume's relationship with her aunt and her relationship with her mother before she passed. But it, like many other prior relationships and some current relationships, they don't really amount to much. Um, yeah, they don't earn any sort of catharsis or or or, or, or shining moment with that. Um, There's one particular, and I, I th- this should yeah. be this should be fine to say. So Daijin is the cat, right? That becomes sentient after being the keystone for the original door that we encounter in the beginning of the film. But then another cat shows up out of nowhere and we learn, okay, they're supposed to be some kind of deities. Yeah, and like it's explained them, earlier that there's like two keystones. Yeah. But we don't know much about the second one. The second right. one shows up later It just on. randomly shows up. And I guess you, you made a very, a very intriguing point when you said that the presence of deities can provoke us to say or do things that we normally wouldn't like the truth shall set you free essentially. And that's kind of what happens in a moment between Susan May and her aunt, but it's just kind of left there. And then it's, it's, it's kind of revealed in the shocking way where it's like, you get this sense or you're supposed to, that these these are like the feelings that they have and they don't really talk about because you know someone Susan May lost her mother at a tragic age and her aunt was forced to be a parent not not out of like despise or anything like that but like you know out of responsibility out of duty and you know some resentments have built up over there but they're not exactly huge they just kind of uh, expand during this time because you know Susan May is off on a road trip it's not like it was endorsed by her guardian and what's so sad is that on both sides these qualms are completely warranted i think they just were not explored properly there was there was no proper build-up to this there was no simmering that led to a boiling point where i said oh we've been leading to this because the first half of this movie was a road trip and the aunt just texting her a bunch, trying to make sure that she's okay. And Suzume just being like, oh my God, my aunt is so annoying. But we don't get that you're not my mom and this is how I feel type thing from her and any of her interactions up until we get that big blow up. Yeah, and even before then, we don't really get the sense of, like, Susan May's relationship with her mother, aside from, like, one or two scenes. And, like, we're supposed to play on the assumption that it's, like, her parent, you know, we're supposed to assume that things are nice, that things were good between them, that there was a healthy relationship, um, and that there's this massive hole in her life after her, after she was lost. She she knew her when she was little, when she was young. Um, I, I just I just feel like there wasn't enough focus there. And then for her to come out and say that this artifact that she's had, that three-legged chair of hers from her childhood, that it meant something to her. And even though it was in her room, she hadn't really cared much for it in years, or she hadn't really thought about it 
yeah much, i should say that really acted as a detractor for me for a couple reasons because she had these feelings for soto which i guess one the fact that he's attached to the chair is like okay yeah you care for him in a very odd and shallow way that i think honestly it's a crush. Care- crushes can be shallow well yeah but it's it's the thing that she says at the beginning that makes that was supposed to pique our interest which i'll get to in a moment but two it's supposed to it's this person who's supposed to have a meaning to you with this this item that had so much meaning to you at one point and you kept but you were openly like i i don't really like i hadn't really thought about the meaning of this in years but with Sota, she's just straight up like, have I met him somewhere before at the very beginning? And that's enough to trigger her to go try and find him, which is what sets all of the mo- all of the movie's events into motion. I, there's there's a scene at the end I feel like tries to explain what happens and there's a poster that kind of spoils it, too. But even that doesn't feel like it's enough of a payoff. Like I don't, I don't think it's earned. I, I think it's supposed to be a thing of like, oh, when you rewatch the movie, oh, you'll understand. Um, but I, I think for me, what, the point you brought up of her not caring about the chair until it's uh, the the focus and center until it's inhabited by someone. I, I feel like the, the the aspects of grief that that I can relate to is kind of the how how non-linear a lot of grief feels like when you're trying to heal or you're just affected by the loss of someone it's like there's there's no telling when you'll when those feelings will creep up and sometimes it can be pretty debilitating um you know i it's hard not to think about my father when watching this movie not not because of like anything that the movie pulls on in my personal life but for the lack of it honestly like I, I kept watching this movie and i kept thinking like this isn't how i experience grief at all like i i see like i i see the the template but like there's no real emotion here there's no real human connection you know the relationship with my father was pretty complicated uh-huh. you know I, I feel like this movie's not complicated enough i feel like the outburst uh, a little like three quarters of the way into the movie with between the aunt and the and Susan May was supposed to reflect like a like a bitter resentment that's built up over the while that I don't think the movie really earns. I don't see that. Like whenever Susan May starts on her road trip, she tells her guardian, she tells her aunt, and the aunt is understandably upset and frustrated. But the lie that Susan May uses is that she's saying it's someone else's home. She can't really get into it. The aunt assumes it's about the mother. The aunt assumes about like you know that loss, and she's honestly kind of chill about it she's like okay you take this time i know where you're at i i I think it would be nice to get proof but you know i don't know i just feel like there's a lot of threads that don't really go anywhere and that aren't really earned and i also feel really bad for the aunt because she just really truly loves that girl yeah i I mean i do the way they reconcile is really is kind of nice. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, which I, I, I have to, I did want to go back. I 
I think I'd started something and I didn't finish talking about the fantastical oh, elements. That. No, this is my, I think I derailed myself, but the fantastical elements that take over the second half of the film, the, the best way that I can describe my feelings about this film, which I've actually spoken to you about, I think that the first half, I don't, I don't find any of this film to be particularly compelling, which I know is a very stark contrast to just about everyone who I've read a review from or who I've heard a first impression from on social media where they're like, this is an amazing Shinkai film. I, I, I don't, I, what you said about processing grief, I agree with that. Um, and I think there are several different types of grief being processed here or trying to portray being processed yes. through Shinkai's lens, which really does take shape in the second half of the film. But what works for me, the best comparison I can make is that the first half of the film is like all of the best parts of the video game Final Fantasy 15 when all four guys are on a road trip. They have this pre-existing relationship. They know each other. They're cool. And they bond. And even though Suzume and Sota are only together for maybe less than a week, they, they are bonding in their own way, even though it... And forgive me for saying this because I know it's an anime film, but it doesn't feel organic. <laughs> um, I feel like there wasn't enough focus. Um, well, let me, let me do that. I feel like, so you learn uh, early on that. Sota is training to be a teacher. He's actually in his final year of, um, of his education. He's got to take an exam later on. You know, the whole nine yards and through this adventure you're seeing him um not really effectively just kind of thrown in both of them but you know he, he is teaching susan may his profession he is showing her the ropes and by the time the movie ends you know she you know, a lot of those skills have transferred over and she's a lot more competent she without spoiling too much she does something pretty major um as she's returning to something and I felt like, I don't know, it could have been cool, but it's not. <laughs> I felt like it was pretty unfocused. And that's my biggest problem. For something that was 10 years in the making, uh, I, I started an article and then I refused to finish it, uh, not because I didn't think it was good or anything, but because I wanted to I wanted to finish the film first and then come back to it. And then I completely forgot, but it's called can Makoto Shinkai only make one film. And despite his large filmography, his film credits go back several like years. Like the nineties. Yes. It's because his three biggest movies have been his three last ones, which have all focused on some sort of natural disaster. But while I think that your name was good and weathering with you was amazing, I feel like this is, you use the perfect word, it's the most unfocused of the three to the point where I think if you liked your name, 
then you're going to be more prone to liking this film as opposed to if you watched Weathering With You and preferred that one. Because to me, I feel like Weathering With You had this fantastical element built in and it also had this very real way of intertwining the characters, all the main characters, and giving them an extensive amount of time together to grow relationships and feelings. Your name, the supernatural effects that took place during your name, I thought were really cool. That aspect of time travel and body swapping, things like that. It, it was it was neat. And of course, it was cool to see the cameo of the two main characters from Your Name and Weathering With You. This, if people were to try to call this a trilogy and say that, that Suzume is the finale in the trilogy, which we, of course, won't know until Shinkai's next film, this this isn't the perfect trilogy like Rush Hour or Friday. This is just very disjointed. And I think that the third one just doesn't particularly work. I think the closer he gets to what's inspired him or like uh the 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 you know, this tragic, tragic natural disaster that occurred, I feel like the closer he gets to it. Um, the more specific it needs to be with a few of these relationships and how this loss feels. And, you know, you can never really understand how someone lost. Um, you know, you can't ever really understand what someone goes through, but, you know, make a better estimated guess. And I, I feel particularly bad uh, because... The thing that I want to be able to say whenever I watch a Shinkai film, which I've seen a good few at this point, is, wow, I was so moved by this. And I, the, the, what's so great about film is that while themes, of course, are set in stone, interpretation is purely subjective as is whether or not a film is good or not. So you and I, we, we are very close. We agree on a lot of things. We also have our disagreements. But the way that our minds work when it comes to cinema are very closely linked. It's just that you see things that I may not see, and I see some things that you don't see. But we typically view most films the same way or we have similar reactions with only a few differences such as Pompo the Cinephile mm -hmm. but we've also had several shared experiences even from before we met each other so what it boils down to I can't say that this is a poorly made film one for the fact that it is so beautiful i mean visually even though i still think weathering with you and your name looked way better i mean it's the same it's the same style it is i just feel 
like there's more emphasis on atmosphere and using it to help tell the story in your name and in weathering with you as opposed to it isn't suzume but it 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 is gorgeous it just it's on a it, it, it leaves it leaves me very unaffected you know but i'm glad that it does something for so many other people it just it doesn't move suzume does not move me yeah i i would say it's poorly written um which is to say that like every line or any deliveries or plots individual level are poor like there's some great bit of dialogue here and there but i just i, I think should have waited 10 more years dang i i am making a shocked face right now for the people who can't see us talking which is everyone um but, <laughs> wow that that is that is probably the harshest thing i think you've said on any episode we have ever done really even the jujutsu kaisen zero one i yeah, feel like i was yes yes i feel like okay with that movie with zero i felt like i didn't give her much respect i really don't like that movie at all no we i, I think we were I, respectfully I, I feel, disrespectful with that one uh, uh okay well i take that back retroactively i was not 100 disrespect <laughs> bro sorry. those people have not seen their families in so long i don't think oh oh yeah well, that's not that's, my fault. That's why. That's why we were well, trying to be is, so nice I, about it because we know well, how well, hard they the were. Well, screw the people that made them work so hard. I don't. I don't know what to say. It's. I, I didn't make that decision. I just I watched mean, the, the movie, product. And I'm telling you, it's not worth. I'm not saying it's not, it's not, not worth. Oh my it's not god, worth helping them feel bad. Anyway, I respect this movie more so to say that it 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 needs a more critical lens and it needs a closer look at at um. Uh, uh, what was written i think you need to do a little bit more soul searching i feel like people don't take the time that it requires to actually sit back and look at all the facets that go into what you're writing um i i think shinkai has potential and maybe that's the worst thing to say about someone because it kind of feels like a, a slap to the face when reviewing their work it's well it's not so much that he has well, to say he has potential, I feel like is a bit of an undercut because he's been in the industry for so long and he has yeah, made it's... so many amazing films. But because of that and seeing these reviews, I am getting the sense that one, people are equating him to Hayao Miyazaki at this point. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. I definitely don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see that. And Mizak can of, be a can be can be a jerk, but like, you know, his, his movies stand out. His movies Takahata too. Like well, a, I think Shinkai's films stand out. I don't think that's necessarily the problem. I think Shinkai has been at this for so long and because he has done so much and he's just gotten so much acclaim people feel like there's no such thing as a bad Genkai film and like whatever he does it's going to be great and when you're pumping something out once every few years that's 
I mean, I'm not going to say that that's not going to be the case, but you don't always hit a bullseye when you play darts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, not everything resonates with everyone. A, a good friend of mine who is a film critic, he and I we were talking today. We actually have differing opinions. He enjoyed Suzume and didn't like Weathering, while I love Weathering and didn't care for Suzume. And me, I'm not going to watch any other movie. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, I, I do want to give those other two movies a try. But I, 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 I feel like they give this to people who have been in the animation industry for so long. Once they become mainstream, they start being equated to other people. And I think that places an expectation on them that people either feed into or try to go against, which, I mean, I know I said that Shinkai is no Miyazaki. I think only Miyazaki is Miyazaki. And I think that only Shinkai is Shinkai. I think it's like, uh, I can't say too much on it because I haven't really given much thought of research, but the, like the culture around, um, like, like the, the renownedness that someone may gain from being like an auteur and their respected field, I feel like lends more respect in Japan. And I'm, I'm trying to think of like something similar here in the States. maybe hollywood but but even then i don't i mean it's like it's like saying that spike lee or quentin tarantino are you know perfect with each film i mean they're they're just not no they're not but they are they their styles are uniquely theirs no matter how much inspiration they've taken from other artists which they acknowledge and which you can see oh yeah and even the artists they that they inspired them. Yes. You know, it's retroactive. Joint, a Spike Lee joint is a Spike Lee joint, and a Quentin Tarantino film is a Quentin Tarantino film. So to give Shinkai that level of respect, to call him the next Shink I mean to give to give Shinkai that title, to give him that pressure that I'm sure he may or may not feel of being called the next Miyazaki. We're we're not saying that about filmmakers that we enjoy, like my favorite director, Masaki Yuasa, or uh, Naoko Yamada, and we're really not saying that about Mamoru Hosoda, who, I mean, let's face it, Bell is one of our favorite films. Both of ours. I think I speak for both uh, of us when I say that. No, really. I love the film. Like favorite of all time. Uh, not fa- not know. number one favorite, but one of. Yeah, I, I would say top, top three of Hosoda for me. Yeah. Yeah, top three of, of Hosoda. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like what you said about autorism, That's, that's just. That. How do I say this? It's very much evident one's style, the way that one portrays different themes. I mean, for Shinkai to have quote unquote made the same film three times, 
there's something different to take away each time, even if it does feel like there are well, not some, but several similarities between the three. And yeah, maybe and I, it's that lack of not not diversity. That's not the term I want to use. I, th- I think. Uh, I mean, I have a few examples in mind of things that mess. Like, okay, so Guillermo del Toro does that, that too in some of his movies, especially his earlier works. You know, you know, tells a similar story each time, but he twists it enough, sets it in a different location to where they feel fresh. Um, when we're talking about video games, uh, you know, from South has Dark Souls or Soulsborns that, um, again, similar mechanics, similar worlds, but they do enough. Uh, they, 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 they turn it on its head in a lot of distinct ways that I think keeps it fresh. So I feel like if an idea, a location, uh, a piece of art is in, in, immersive and invitive enough, you can really do a lot with it. And, that's why I'm interested in going back and working uh, backwards to Shinkai's filmography. Because if you're saying this is the worst of the story that he's told, then I want to see him at his best, right? I want to see what he has to offer. Right. Because something about Shinkai that I particularly appreciate is that he is not one to shy away from a sad ending from one that doesn't offer any any happy resolution. I mean, five centimeters per second is one of the most depressing films I think I've ever seen, animated or otherwise. And that just... I, I, wow. That movie just makes me feel that. He made the original... She and her cat. Shinkai is no stranger to doing a lot with emotion. To are those like? A... Sorry, I'm sorry, so sorry. No, you're Too good. Off. You're good. You're good. Yeah, are those uh, in those movies? Is there like yeah. a, a one-sided love in those as well? The she and her cat. Um, it's literally about a girl and her cat, uh, but with. Five centimeters per second. It's about the progression, then dissolution of a relationship and how it affects one party. Mm -hmm. Essentially, one person moves on, the other does not at all. And his life is effectively ruined by the end of the film. And that's just how it ends. But it it ends with with his life being ruined. Okay, but is that a result of his actions or the relationship? Oh, absolutely. He, he, like, when people say, like, cope, this man did not cope. This man did not cope at all. Like, his entire childhood, teenhood, and, and early, early to mid-adulthood is just messed up. Not to the point of, like, poon-poon, but his, he's, his emotions are just all over the place. Quite the film. Yeah. But, like, even his earlier stuff uh, grapples with, like, relationships, right? Like, those are... Yeah. Like, yeah. I might be getting to mix up with, like, a some. different filmmaker, but, like, I know he he, might, he had, like, some early work that he did himself. 
that he worked on like his own computer or whatever, right? Some, but um, the the past three films that he's worked on have all had a particular emphasis on relationships and this one just also felt i i guess slightly inappropriate which is just partially the age thing but oh yeah i like to think that sota isn't interested like he's put in some awkward positions from her end he's not able to like do anything about it right like and i mean the fact that he's a chair but still expresses like discomfort in certain situations i don't know that just like as having having well i'm not yeah it's just it's just not uh it it, i think some of the moments were meant to be cute but they came off as kind of creepy and cringe did you feel that about uh the fruits basket prelude movie as well Okay. I did. I what, what, what it is about like teachers and it's, sorry, it's a weird thing. Pops up in a lot of Japanese media. Yeah, let's not go any further with that. I did enjoy the Fruits Basket movie though. I did enjoy it. I will not shy away from that point. Uh, do I think that the teacher student? Thing was inappropriate absolutely uh but i love a good origin story for best girl toru and i also love the ending that her and kyo got yeah that was very that sweet. was i it was worth sitting through it just for that is that a is that like a spoiler do you want to like bleep that no no I'm, well first off the movie's been out for like a long a while now but it doesn't say what their ending was yeah, guess. Just that they had one. I mean, everyone... Well, that would be... Anyway. But yeah, Suzume. You know, the only other thing I really have to say about it, because we've we've talked about being an auteur, we've talked about Suzume, and we've talked about Shinkai. The only other thing that I think would be fitting to talk about is the score. And the I don't remember song. it. That's don't exactly it. that's exactly what I was gonna say. I don't remember anything. I think that this I the fact that it just kind of blends in is I feel one of the most and least offensive things that I can say about this film because Radwimps are the ones who worked on it. And I think Radwimps did an amazing job with weathering with you. I, I keep going back to weathering with you. Radlims did an amazing job with that, but with this one, I everything was just so jumbled up. Even if the music was good, I really could not have paid much attention to it. I did pay attention to the ending song though, the face song, and that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But the score, I could not tell you anything about it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of movies, not just Japanese movies, but a lot of movies suffer from a bad score. Yeah, yeah, there are some that I will always remember, like Santa Sangre, Blanca Nieves, and of course, Lou Over the Wall. But that one is just so simplistic that you can't help 
but remember it. But this one, yeah, I couldn't tell you anything about it, which I'm sure they worked hard on it, but that's just how lost upon me this movie was. Yeah. Well, if he makes another, which he probably will, try to watch it in theaters, maybe more positive experience. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But I think if you're a Shinkai fan, you will more than likely enjoy this film. Yeah, if, if you nothing thought... else, the aesthetics alone are worth seeing it in IMAX. And you oh, are yeah. supporting someone who I still think is an amazing director. I just personally find this to be a misstep. I have nothing more to add. I I, I don't don't have the history with him as I'd like, but I'm definitely gonna go back and check out Lisa's most his other two most recent films. That's a great idea. And, um, see how they build off one another. Okay. All right, well, just report to me with that. I'm very excited to hear what you have to say. I would love to just, any institution that I serve at, I would love to show weathering with you for Earth Day. <laughs> I just think that would be fitting. I will take your word for it. <laughs> well, Drew, I would like to thank you for joining me once again for an episode of The Home for Anime. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Always love the uh, words. I like being here. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Crunchyroll, thank you for sending over a link so that I and my recording partner could watch this movie. And thank you to Makoto Shinkai for making a film and feeling compelled enough to try to make a film on the scale that you did even if we don't particularly agree with how it was done which of course you know we're not japanese we didn't experience that tragedy we we wouldn't know but just based off of your interviews and you know what we saw it just didn't click but please continue to make films because you are amazing at what you do and to Everyone listening, thank you so much for listening. I posted about this on Instagram, but March 29th was actually the two-year anniversary of The Home for Anime, and it's just been nice getting to talk to and meet so many of you over the past couple of years. You've all been great, and I really appreciate you all. And with that being said, if you want to follow me, you can do so on Instagram at AnimeAlphaGoat. If you want to email me recommendations, you can do so at ouranimehome at gmail.com. And if you want to support what I'm doing, then please consider donating to the Patreon. And also, if you're interested, message me on Instagram or over email so that you can have a link to the Home for Anime Discord server. And with that being said, thank you once again for listening. Thank you once again, Drew, for coming on. And we are out. Out. <laughs>